Mac Power Users, Episode 690, Better Touch Tool with Andreas Hegenberg. Welcome to the Mac Power Users. I'm David Sparks. Today, Stephen can't be with us today. He's out on assignment, but I do have a super Mac Power User with me. Welcome to the show, Andreas Hegenberg. Hello, David. I'm very glad to be here. Um, I'm very sorry about um, Stephen, so yeah, doesn't sound very good, but at least he's fine. Oh yeah, he's doing good. He's doing good. He just, you know, he had a little thing and he's okay, but he just couldn't be here today. But it's all good. And uh, Andreas, I am going to be butchering your name throughout the show. I'm just going to apologize in, in advance. I'm super bad at German pronunciation. I'm not sure why. That is but... totally fine. That is totally fine. And one thing I... I wouldn't say I'm a superpower user. I'm a I'm somebody who creates applications for for power users, but myself I'm not sure. So of course I use the Mac a lot, and and but some users of my apps are much more advanced than I am, even with my own apps. Well, I will say that you are a superpower user because Andreas and I kind of buried the lead here, gang. Andreas is the developer of Better Touch Tool, which is. Uh, I think one of our Hall of Fame apps because it just comes up so often. And I am so excited to share um, uh, the background of how Andreas got into this, his development story. Uh, we're going to talk about Better Touch Tool. Um, in more Power Use Today, which is the ad-free version of the show, we're going to actually talk about Andreas's decision to go indie and really put all his effort into this application. we got a lot to talk to you about today, but uh, we're going to focus a lot today on Better Touch Tool with the man himself who created it. And I just honestly can't wait to get started with the show. <laughs> um, a little housekeeping, though. Uh, Andreas has been kind enough to offer a discount to Mac Power Users listeners. This is a um, a bit time sensitive, I believe. How long do people have to use this, Andreas? Oh, I haven't decided yet. So okay. um, I think at least a week or two. Uh, let's see. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's cool. The reason I say that is because sometimes when folks do that on the show, Years later, people come back and listen to the episode, and they're like, well, why didn't I get my discount? Uh, it's part of the uh, the curse of making an evergreen podcast. People discover it for a long time. Yeah, what I usually do, I reduce it to 10% at, at some point. So yeah. I, I, the, the code will always work, but it will not give the 30%. All right. Well, if you want to get 30% off Better Touch Tool, now's your chance. Use the code MPU690. If you want to play along with us, you can download it today. Uh, I am very enthusiastic about this application, uh, as is Stephen, if he could have been here today. And I'm really looking forward to kind of digging in on this and hearing the story behind the app. Um, to begin with, though, Andreas, how did you get into the world of app programming and, and you know, kind of what led you down this path? So I'm coming from the dark side. I was a Windows user until 2009, sure. and I had never used any other machine um, until then. Um, but I went to study at a university in Munich, at a technical university, and they had just started um, an iPhone development course, almost like an iOS development course, because sure. mostly it was iPod Touch back then, so because the university couldn't afford the iPhones. So we had lots of iPod Touches. And it, it was in 2009, so Apple just started the App Store in 2008. So it was pretty cutting edge at that point and yeah i just registered for that course i, I just thought it would be nice to to do something with such new technology 
And well, this got me started. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny because you were there at the very beginning with the iPhone, but your app is really a Mac focused app. Yeah, that's the funny thing. But I think that's because I was a Windows user for such a long time. And then when I started this iPhone course at the university, I didn't have a MacBook. So all my coding coding had to happen at university. And this was really annoying. So um, yeah, I really wanted to have a MacBook. But at the time, I just couldn't afford one. Then there was some lucky accident. Uh, when I drove home to my parents, I put the Windows machine into my backpack together with a bottle of shampoo yeah. And you can imagine what happened oh, no. next. <laughs> um, well, so I needed a new computer, but uh, yeah, I couldn't afford a new MacBook. So I had a very bad netbook. I don't know if anybody remembers these devices. They were such small, but really slow and annoying devices. But the good thing about it was it was very easy to get Mac OS running, or back then OS X, on such a device using Hackintosh um, stuff. Yeah. Now, are you talking about those mini, like those very mini laptops? I forget. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Luckily, they have vanished. <laughs> so yeah. Nobody's using well, this I, anymore. I, I'm sure some listeners remember that. There was a, a phase, and I want to say, what was this, about 10 years ago now, maybe a little longer, where everybody was yeah, buying. Probably. Yeah, they were buying these little PCs. They were, they were very small. And, um, and then they were hacking them into Mac Macintoshes. I remember uh, going to some some legal conferences at the time that had a lot of uh, lawyers at it, and everybody had one in their bag, and they'd all made these little uh, computers. And I used one, and it was it was a really horrible experience. That the processor was too slow, and it just yes. it was really a scrum uh, a, bre- a round peg in a square hole. But but that's how you got started, man. That's yeah. kind of cool, actually. <laughs> Right, and then eventually I got a used MacBook, and then just yeah. it it was much better. It was much better then, and then I discovered this great touchpad trackpad that the MacBooks have. I wasn't used to anything like the Apple trackpad from the yeah. Windows world, and I I still think that's true today. The MacBook trackpads are best in class, and at the same time I was quite annoyed with the trackpad because some software just didn't support it right. So at university, I had to read many PDFs, papers, and so on. And back yeah. then, the PDF reader in macOS was really not very good, or at least it couldn't render some of the university's PDFs correctly. So I had to use Adobe's Acrobat, and it was horrible to use with the trackpad. And I thought, it would be so easy to fix that. It would be so easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was looking for the solutions all over the place. And then I found an open-source software called Multiclutch. It was... Um, doing what is what better touch tool is doing kind of so it was offering various gestures to um assign different actions to and i used that and it worked fine but it was a technology which which was currently being phased out by apple because it it was based on input managers this is a technology which is very unsafe because it allowed sure. applications to inject code into other applications. So it's it's horrible, insecure. And as the security of macOS improved a lot during the time, Apple basically killed off these these input managers. And with BT Better Touch Tool, I um, created basically the same thing, but without the requirement to be an input manager. So it was just a normal app then. Yeah, I feel like um, over the last 10 years, and you've probably seen this, especially with Better Touch Tool, 
Apple has really been screwing down on security with the various, you know, hacks that people were using historically on the Macintosh. And I would guess that, yes. that, that that's probably been a challenge for you because your software to a certain extent would be considered a hack, right? I mean, you're figuring out how to reuse the magic mouse and the trackpad and all that stuff to, to, to be more powerful. I would say almost everything about better touch tool is a hack. Yeah. Um, and it is always every WWDC is very exciting because they could always just kill off the application yeah. and it wouldn't work anymore. <laughs> but at this point of time, there are many Apple engineers who are also using um, the software. So maybe I'm lucky and they will still allow at least parts of it in the future. Yeah, I, I've always like, and, and we're a little ahead of the story here, but I mean, Better Touch Tool to me has always been the app that Apple would never make, right? They, they'll they put some gestures into the trackpad and the mouse, but they won't give you the kind of control that you have with Better Touch Tool. Correct. And I think that's okay. That's I mean, that's fine. Most users don't need any of this stuff. So even yeah. I only use some gestures of Better Touch Tool and some shortcuts and whatever. But the great thing about Better Touch Tool is that it just gives you the opportunity to configure it like you want it. So yeah. users do absolutely crazy stuff with Better Touch Tool. And yeah, I'm always astonished about what people can do with it. I've always said that Better Touch Tool feels to me because I'm a, I'm a musician as a hobby, but it feels to me like playing the piano when you're in a trackpad. You know, you get your fingers trained to certain gestures, and just magic kind of happens on the screen. But that, but so the 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 trackpad was the entry point for you. That's where the app started. Correct. And then, well, the magic mouse came out, and it uses the exactly same technology in the background. So it was obvious choice to to add support for the Magic Mouse to Better Touch tool. Yeah. And then the next thing, keyboard shortcuts was also kind of obvious. Is it just uh, evolved to be general tool for input devices? Yeah, and this thing has just grown over the years, Andreas. It's like I'm looking now. You've got all the inputs you can do. The Touch Bar, which Apple doesn't have anymore, but you still support it. Um, magic mouse, trackpad, keyboards, key sequences, so you could like type in a word and things would happen. Normal mouse, right. the Siri remote. <laughs> this, I'm not done, gang. <laughs> Better touch tool remote, which is a which is an iOS app you have. Automations and triggers like on the on the green, yellow, red button. MIDI triggers. I want to hear about that one. Is anybody like using a keyboard to trigger Better Touch Tool actions? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There, there are so many MIDI devices out there, and yeah. people, yeah, they configure them to. I mean, there are some that look really nice, and you can place them on your table, kind yeah. of like a. They look like kind of like a stream deck. Then, well, I mean, if you're a musician, you've already got a keyboard attached. Why not say F sharp equals you know launch Logic, right? You know, whatever. Right. It's just a button. It's the same thing. Yeah. Notch bar, which is like for custom actions on the notch, if you've got that. And yeah, this was kind of an experiment. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, notch bars. The, the Better Touch Tool has always been kind of an exper- experimentation platform to me. So, I'm always trying crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, for example, back, back in time, there was this leap motion device. I don't know if, if you remember, it was for doing gestures in the air. And I added support for that. It was uh, nobody really used it because the device was too bad. Yeah, but it got me a job at Siemens back then. <laughs> because yeah, 
I bought it, one of those things. Fun. I bought one of those things. I had it on my back, and I'd sit here and wave around like a crazy man. And sometimes the screen would go dark or whatever. But yeah, it was a good idea. It just wasn't really. Maybe before its time, I don't know. It was interesting. So yeah, I mean, but you, you over the years, I think that's why we all, all us nerds, love you so much in your app because you have always been at the forefront of finding ways to make automation simple and. Like you've done just some of the stuff you've done with better touch tool is, uh, is crazy and awesome all at once. Like one of the things I'd always struggled with is moving apps between spaces. Apple doesn't really have a system for that, but you have an action for it. In fact, I'm not even sure how you did it, but the, um, like, so I can hit a button and then suddenly, uh, I can move the current app to another space. And uh, you, yeah. you've just, you've just done a lot of really cool stuff, and and I I think you're that you represent the best of what what we love about the Mac. It the software and the hardware is great. The stuff Apple does is great. You know, obviously they spend a lot of time and money to make sure these Macs are great. But it is the small independent developers, in my mind, that really make the experience because uh, you know you you're an enthusiast like the rest of us you see a need and you just create this amazing application that does all this stuff i love it yeah yeah and, and not always do i see the need but many users of better touch tool have very specific needs and they just ask me whether i could add such a feature to better touch tool and usually i say yes i know uh, sometimes you should say no to, to feature requests but it's hard yeah. Um, so, so over time, lots of actions have been added to better touch tool, and some of them are probably not really that useful. But even for these not useful actions, there are at least a few users who use them. So once I removed a few actions, which I thought nobody would ever use this anymore, and then a day later, I got like 10 emails. Uh, hey, oh, yeah, why was this removed? <laughs> <laughs> and in case your dear listener haven't figured out, uh, Andreas is in Germany, uh, Munich specifically. Um, and uh, uh, he has uh, been able to turn Better Touch Tool into a career. So he's uh, supporting his wife and children, making this great bit of, of Mac app for us, which is another reason I want to help support you because, man, I would be so sad if you were unable to develop this anymore. Um, Ger- yeah. uh, M- Munich, by the way, is my favorite part of Germany. I hope I don't get an angry mail about that, but I remember yeah, being it's the in- best part, the best yeah. city in Germany. So that's absolutely fine. And I'm sorry for my German English. It's always hard to talk um, well, English. I don't do that during my standard day. So it's a lot better than my my English German. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had so much fun in Munich. If if you ever get to Germany, that you definitely make that one of your stops. I, I remember once, you know, of course every American goes to the Hofbra house. Right. And, um, but you know, it is so fun. <laughs> I just still have fond memories. It's not such a bad location. You can get good, good food there. So it's even, I would go there sometimes, not, not all the time. It's, it's sure. very touristy, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's your equivalent to Disneyland, but I, uh, right, but I, right. I definitely <laughs> want to get my kids there someday, but the, uh, Either way, it's a it's a great place, and and uh, that is the birthplace of Better Touch Tool, which we're going to be talking about more as we we get through the show. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Text Expander. Go to textexpander.com/mpu and make yourself and your team more productive. I love having Text Expander as a sponsor because I use this application every day. There's just so many ways I find to use a powerful 
text expansion application, and that's exactly what Text Expander is. Starting with personal productivity, I've got literally thousands of snippets that I can trigger out of Text Expander to fill in forms, to write long blocks of text, and just generally make typing and getting through my day easier and more automated. It really is the best tool to start with automation because it makes it so simple to create these powerful text expansion snippets. And one of the things I love about it is they have a global search function. Uh, for me, it's Control Option Command I, but you can set your own keyboard shortcut. I hit that and I can search through my thousands of text expansion snippets and insert anything I want really quick, whether it be a URL or paragraphs of text or phone numbers or just whatever. But Text Expander goes beyond that. It has a fill in form feature where you can have it prompt you to fill in a name or grab an Apple script or use a variable or the clipboard. It's just a very powerful text expansion app. It can do all that stuff that the other ones can't. One of my favorite features is the tab key and the enter key and all those buttons that you normally can't script. It allows me to really automate things like email and uh, online forms. Uh, but don't just take my word. A bunch of companies use Text Expander, SketchUp, Dropbox, Help Scout, Shopify, 1Password, which is another one of our sponsors, Linode, Crossover. A bunch of online companies and tech companies are using this in order to get their work done faster. It's just a no-brainer, gang. I just started using Text Expander recently as I'm exploring ChatGPT. I'm recording some of my favorite prompts for ChatGPT into Text Expander snippets. Still working on it, but I find Text Expander really the best way to do that and get that robot working for me faster. So I am constantly finding new ways to use Text Expander. If you sign up, you will too. You can get it for yourself or you can get it for your team. If you work with a team that does anything like customer support or trying to get common messaging out to your customers, Text Expander is just a killer app for that. But it can also be used inside for admin and making all the most common text snippets common between your company. And then you can control them. So if you change them, they automatically populate to everybody in the company and you never get people sending out the wrong message. Uh, they've got so many great solutions. I'm a big fan of this app. Go check it out. Go to textexpander.com MPU. Get a nice discount. Show your support for the show and uh, start automating your life today. Thank you, Text Expander, for all of your support of the Mac Power users. All right, so Andreas, you are you still using that used MacBook, or have you upgraded your gear? No, not for a long time. So I'm happy yeah. not, to not have to use it anymore. Yeah. So um, nowadays I'm using an M1 Max, and yeah. it's a great machine. So I was quite annoyed with Apple um, before the Apple Silicon um, chips were released. So yeah. my, my the, the, the last Intel Macs that I had, they they were terrible. Um, and I really didn't like them. They always got so um, hot and throttled, uh, were so slow. And I was, yeah, I was so happy when they released the M1 Max. It, it's changed everything for me. The development got much easier again, much faster. Everything is, yeah, fluid again. It really was bleak, right? I mean, I remember at some point, Steve and I were talking about, well, Will it still be Mac power users as Apple stops making the Mac? <laughs> you know, because you really wondered for a while there. They were so focused on mobile, and the the Mac was lingering so badly. But it, it feels like the you know the Apple Silicon changed everything. Now, when you say M1 Max, that's the MacBook Pro. Yeah, that's the MacBook Pro. I I only use MacBook Pros because 
uh, I don't have a, st um, a, a stationary Mac because yeah. I just don't want to handle the synchronization. So I always have the MacBooks and they work great. Yeah. And you've got an interesting display. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the best display I have ever had. Um, it's a Dell 40-inch um, 5K, 2K display. So, yeah, I think it's the best. Oh, I would say it's the best display you can currently get. Um, maybe the Apple Pro displays, they are, they are probably better for um, people who really do graphic design and stuff like this. But for me, um, this display is really great. All right, so for those at home, uh, kind of describe, how, what is this a, one of those long screens or what's the basic shape of it? Yeah, it's ultra wide, wide I think. Um, I think yeah. 21 to 9 is the aspect ratio. But yeah, it's, it's big and it's great and it has a great resolution. So I, I really like that. With the ultra wide screens, I've always wondered, like, how do you do window management when you've got that much real estate? Like, obviously, full screen makes no sense on a screen like that. How do you manage your windows? Um, there's one better touch tool feature that I actually use. Um, it's called um, Snap Areas, where you can define your own areas on the screen where you want to put windows and you can easily snap them to these positions and you can define those positions yourself. Um, and I'm using that quite often. So I have a layout which works quite well on this on this display. And yeah, it's pretty simple <laughs> to set up. I, I love, Andres, that your solution to window management is to write a feature into your app to do window management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was even before Better Touch Tool, uh, an application which is now pretty much forgotten. It was called Second Bar. Uh, and it, it was my first attempt at window management. It, 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 on the one hand, it created a second menu bar on your second display because back in time, macOS didn't display a menu bar on your external display. They changed that at some point. But that was an app which added a second uh, menu bar to the other display. And to make that work, I had to figure out how to move windows around. And then I also created some window management functionality and put it into that app. And that's still basically the same code now. I think at some point I bought an app from you called Better Snap Tool. Wasn't that you too? Didn't you do something? Oh like yeah, that? yeah. That's basically some code that is the same in Better Touch Tool. But Better Touch Tool, as you previously mentioned, I could never put it in the App Store because yeah. um, it uses so much technology, which is just not uh, possible to be used in the App Store. And even Better Better Snap Tool would not be allowed today in the App Store, but. Um, as it's an old app from 2010 or 11, it is still allowed to be there. Yeah. Um, I just can't do any big updates. I can still fix bugs and so on, but I cannot do big feature updates to that application anymore. But it's kind of stable and works fine. So, Some of my favorite apps are apps that would never be allowed in the App Store. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a bit unfortunate. So, yeah. Yeah. I understand the cause for this. So sandboxing is really really great on macOS and it improves security a lot. But maybe there should be an option for power users to download such apps like Better Touch Tool from the App Store. Um, is still safer, safer than downloading them from some external website. I don't think Apple will ever change that. Yeah, I've thought about this problem. I always felt like there should be like a, a trusted developer like status, like when Apple 
does a little bit like you've been doing this for years, over a decade now, right? I mean, you've been doing this a long time. Uh, yeah. You cl- clearly are not a bad actor. Um, and I feel like, or even if Apple wanted to apply some additional scrutiny to apps that don't, you know, stay within the sandbox entirely, maybe give users a separate passworded warning saying, hey, this is an app that whatever, you know. But my guess is lawyers are probably screwing it up saying, well, we don't want the liability if somebody does something wrong or whatever. Yeah. I really wish that you could, because that, that also denies you the the easy access to the market. People have to now go to your website to find your app. Yeah. Although this has also some advantages, so I can much... It's much easier for me to release a new update. I don't have to go through the review process and so on. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm not too um, disappointed anymore. Initially, it was yeah, I thought it would be nice to have it on the App Store, but once you get a certain popularity, um, selling via your own homepage is fine. Yeah, exactly. And then, are you an iPad guy at all? Well, uh, not for all these um, big iPads. I just don't i can't can't work with them i have an ipad mini and i love it i use it for taking notes and scribbling um concepts for better touch tool and for other apps and i liked it a lot but i i can't work with these really big ipads uh, yeah they're not for me yeah that makes sense i mean i i hope apple doesn't kill off the mini it's yeah oh i don't think they will yeah i'm not sh- i'm not so sure but let's see I feel like it's kind of on the iPhone SE like clock where it doesn't get an update as often as the bigger ones do, but I think they sell enough of them to make it worth it. I I would be sad because I use one too. Um, I have the really big iPad and the really small iPad and they both kind of serve different purposes for me. I, I am curious to see if they make an even bigger, really big iPad, but it seems like the iPad, everything just moves kind of slow on the iPad in terms of development, both software and hardware. So yeah, so I, I, yeah, guess I we'll think see. the iPad could, could be so much more. So with this power yeah. of the M1 that's now inside of the iPad, I always had hoped that they would allow me to put it into um, some docking station and then it would just switch yeah. to Mac OS. Uh, that would have been my dream. Then I would constantly use it um, because it, taking it away, basically having the same context, uh, that, that would be amazing. But yeah, not not sure whether they will ever go in this direction. What I what I found because like my big one I actually keep largely under my Max monitor, and it's like I call it a status board, where it gives me the calendar and upcoming events and to dos, and uh, largely using widgets. Since you don't get widgets on the Mac, I'm using them off this iPad, and I keep it plugged in. But yeah, you know this that thing where a podcaster asks someone to add a feature on a show. This is my idea for you. Um, better touch tool triggers as a widget on the iPad. And then I could just push buttons on my iPad and things would happen on my Mac. Just saying. Yeah, you know, I've been working on this for a long time and it will be released uh, sometime this year. I, I always oh, really? say I will wow, release I it this year. <laughs> I didn't expect um, <laughs> you to do that. Okay, well, there you go. Of course you're ahead of me. There's, yeah. this, uh, there's this better touch tool remote app. I created this like many years ago in like three weeks and yeah. i have not really updated it since it's still working and people use it but it's bad and i have completely rewritten everything about that application and yeah it will basically be able to do what you want well they heard it here first we did some actual journalism on the mac power users that's pretty rare around here <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, now I just uh, need to release it at some point. It's still, I'm still working on it. Yeah, sure. Well, no worries, man. I didn't, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but I'm kind of glad I did now. Yeah, I always kind of need that. So it's, uh, it's good to have some sort of um, pressure. Yeah. To, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry now for all the emails you're going to get from our listeners asking you how that's coming. <laughs> gang, <laughs> gang, don't bother Andres. He's not going to be able to finish it if you keep emailing him. Just let him let him do it. It'll show up. <laughs> the, um, the, uh, and then uh, are you an iPhone user as well? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I have the iPhone 14 um, Pro, of course. Um, nowadays, I just rent them on the company, so I get every year a new one. Um, that's, yeah, I think it's just a device that I need for work. And I also tried Android years ago, um, but I couldn't work with that. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. So you've got a nice stack of gear. And then for development work, I'm guessing you probably, some of your, your big software is what, Xcode? And, and what, what are the main software apps you use as you get through the day? Yeah, of course, Xcode is really the only option you can use yeah. for um, development on iOS and macOS. I I would be happy if there would be other options. There was AppCode for a while from JetBrains, but they have um, discontinued the app now. And it was never, it was great from some points. Um, it did really good, um, but it never got to the same feature set that Xcode had in terms of UI creation and so on. And yeah, so I, I always stuck to Xcode. I mean, one of the big items of the last year is kind of the going public of chat GPT and large language models. And uh, clearly they're trying to use those to make programming code and they can already do it. Like I had it make Apple script for me the other day and it, it was pretty bad, but it, it's, 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 it's working on it. You know what I mean? Um, do you think Apple should yeah. be incorporating that into Xcode and the developer tools for you guys? Um, yes, 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 yes. So I, I constantly use ChatGPT now. Um, you say it was not very good at your with your experiment at AppleScript. I use it quite often, even to write AppleScript, and it's pretty good for that. Uh, you just need to give it the right um, input and so on, but it can get stuff done. And even for programming, um, like Objective-C or Swift, it's pretty good. So it doesn't know all the latest um, stuff because of the um, learning cutoff in, I, th I think, 21 or 22. But it's still very helpful. And yeah, I think it will replace quite a few programmers who only do these standard tasks. And I wouldn't be surprised if it would also replace um, me in the future. So Really? Wow. This, yeah, I think the programming capabilities of these tools are already pretty great and they will just get better and better. So, yeah. Well, my, my experience with it, I always try it with Apple script because I feel like that's probably one of the hardest because Apple script is written in a way that's supposed to be written by humans. Like it's supposed to be less um, uh, explicit as most programming code. So it's a little fuzzy and I feel like it, it has trouble with the fuzzy parts, but you may be right. Maybe I just didn't prompt it correctly and, and that held it up. But, yeah, and it doesn't know everything, so yeah, yeah, you need doesn't, to, doesn't to know try the app libraries. And, yeah, right. It it doesn't know all the, of the app libraries, but to get started, it's really good already, and then you can fine tune what it outputs. I really feel like, and this is a little bit of a red herring here, but I really feel like this new round of AI 
could really help us be more productive with the stuff we do. Like you've got it helping you with code now uh, from a productivity angle. I'd love to see it help me like figure out what tasks to do today or how to spend my day. And I know people are already playing with this with some of the web services out there, but I, I feel like, you know, technology so often causes us to, to make our life harder. I feel like this stuff has some promise to maybe make it easier for folks, but that's going to, of course, have some <laughs> yeah. disruption too. Yeah, of course, it depends. It will um, make some jobs obsolete, but then new jobs will probably come up. Um, yeah, let's see. It's. Uh, I, th I think it will change everything in the programming world. Um, and even now, if you're a programmer and you don't use ChatGPT, I think... Yeah, you could make yourself much more worth if you use ChatGPT. I'm, I'm much more efficient since I since I use it, um, and I can get things done much faster. What What is an example? I mean, just at a kind of a basic level of something that would take take longer without ChatGPT. Oh, just a very basic example. I wanted to do um, an HTTP request, so load some web page um, code into my app and I needed a code for that. And it's it's easy code, um, but it's annoying to write. So I just told ChatGPT, hey, uh, please write um, HTTP request, which gets this website for me and outputs outputs it in a nice way. And yeah, it did it immediately. The code worked perfectly. And yeah, for things like this, it's already really great for easy tasks. Um, but with GPT-4 now, I think it's even for more complex things. It's getting better and better. Yeah, I just I I finally just paid for Chat GPT four because in the Max Market Labs I want to start talking about it and I feel like it is something people need to understand and it is uh, shocking to me the improvement between three and four. Um, yeah, definitely. how fast it has evolved that that is a a little scary and very impressive at the same time. <laughs> how fast this thing is getting better. I feel the same. It's it's quite scary. But when you say you think it could replace you, do you think that like this this uh, large language model is going to be able to come up with the ideas and like do soft actual like management of software development um i've always felt um, like it was something better the nuts and bolts than actually the ideas am i being uh, silly i wouldn't be too surprised if it would replace programmers like me so if you look at tools like auto gpt and now um but you can basically give a task and then it tries to achieve the task and it can call again itself. So it, it can call again, ChatGPT uh, or uh, yeah, I, I am not into the terms very much. So, but it calls itself and it gives itself instructions on, on things to do and it can act in on your computer. So it can act and open websites and do things and le Google learn stuff. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised if at some point you could say, Hey, um, write me an application, which can customize all my input devices or all input devices um, that are commonly used and write a nice UI for it. So I, I, currently, of course, it's uh, not possible. But um, if I look back at one year ago, we didn't have ChatGPT in that form. And now we have it and wait two or three years or 10 years, but I think it will change everything, yeah. Yeah, I maybe I'm limited in my vision, but I feel like, the actual ideas and the the process of putting together a good productivity application 
still requires somebody to have the vision of it. But you know, maybe I you know, agree. Maybe, you know, I feel like and but but then Chat GPT takes the drudgery out of it. I my take on this stuff, and I'm an optimist, I'll admit, but is this is something we should be taking advantage to make the stuff we make better. And we shouldn't be so afraid of it. We should embrace it and figure out, okay, how can I make my work better using this tool and not Absolutely. run away from it? Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing we can do right now. We need to we need to use it. Everybody who doesn't use it um, is not fast as fast as others who use it. So I think that's the only option. And then we just need to see where it goes. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password. Go to onepassword.com slash MPU to get 20% and start protecting yourself, your family, and your coworkers. Internet security is a thing. It's a thing that you need to stay on top of if you're going to protect yourself. And that's why I go to 1Password to help me protect myself and my family on the internet. 1Password is so much more than just a password manager. It gives you all of the security solutions you need. If you need to sign into a new account, it can do that for you. It creates a strong and unique password immediately. It also handles checkouts. It can protect your medical records and sensitive documents. It can store your software licenses and basically all of that password-related nonsense on your computer. You just don't have to worry about it anymore. If you've got a family or coworkers, you can set up shared vaults so you can have vaults where passwords that multiple people can access securely no more of that crazy texting of passwords or writing it down on a sticky. Do something safe and secure with 1Password. They've got it all sorted out for you. And more than that, 1Password monitors the companies you've been working with so they can let you know when there are breaches at the other end of the secure password. So if you've got an account with company ABC and they get breached and their passwords get exposed, 1Password will let you know so you can go in and change your password and also 1Password, make sure you don't use that same password in other locations. It's the best way to protect yourself. I'll tell you the crooks are working harder than ever to get at your sensitive data. You need 1Password at your back to help protect you. And you can really trust 1Password. The whole system is designed to be secure. They don't even get access to your data. You've got this secret key system where everything is protected on your device. It's private by default. They can't see what you store in 1Password, so... They can't use it, share it, sell it, or even you know be hacked to get it because they don't have access to it. It's verified by experts. They regularly hire third-party audits, and, and they have the industry's largest bug bounty to help them act on threats before they can affect you. It's just a company that's really dedicated to protecting your privacy and keeping you safe on the Internet, and I love having them on my back. Now, if you want to get 20% off, go to onepassword.com slash MPU. Go there right now. You get 20% off. Uh, I'm a subscriber. I have been for years. So is Steven. It's also trusted by many big companies, IBM, Slack, uh, GitLab, Under Armour. A bunch of big companies are also using it. And if you've got a company, you should consider 1Password for your company as well. Uh, but either way, go to that link, onepassword.com slash MPU. Let them know you heard about it from the Mac Power users and start protecting yourself today. All right, so Andres, we we started already talking a bit about Better Touch Tool and, and kind of how it emerged, but it is such a powerful tool. I just can't understate. Anybody not using it should check it out. You constantly are solving problems for me as a user. Um, 
For example, one of them is this hyper key. And Brett Terps is the first person I ever heard talk about it, but I think it he actually got it from somebody else. But it's the idea of automating pressing control option command and shift, which is, you know, four modifier keys is a lot of modifier keys, and then remapping it to the caps lock key. And um, there has been third-party key mapping software to do this for years, but I always feel a little trepidation using software that's hardwiring my keyboard. And, you know, just like, is this, you know, what exactly is going on back there? I don't know. And then a, a year or two ago, you just added the hyper key to better touch tools. So now, as long as I have better touch tool running, if I hit caps lock, I've got the hyper key and I didn't have to install any, um, un, you know, source uh, pretty intense you know, keyboard mapping software from people I don't know. But that's what you do. You just keep adding little features to make it more convenient for users. I mean, how do you do all that? How do you keep up with it? Coming up with the ideas is the hard part, I think. And that's done mostly by users. So I have this community forum where people just post their feature requests. And the hyper key feature request, and it has been there for years. And at some point I just said, okay, okay, I will, I will implement it. Um, but leave me alone. <laughs> then I, then yeah. I edit it. Sure. Um, it's still not perfect. I, I should, I now have some ideas how to improve it. Currently it works best inside of better touch tool. Um, but not so great with external applications. Um, I have some ideas on how to improve that and will work on that soon. Yeah. But in general, it's always the users who tell me what to do. Um, Sometimes I come up with my own stuff. That's uh, definitely also true. But uh, most of the things the users ask and yeah, I just comply and edit. So somewhere you've got a long list and you just say, well, I want to work on that one now. And then you figure it out. Correct. I have a really long list um, of things that people want. And it's not a really structured list. I'm not a very structured guy. Um, it's more like chaotic development. But it works for me. Uh, I don't always add the features that the people want right now, but I always add some features and some people always want some of the features. So yeah, it kind of works. And you, you mentioned Brett Terpstra. Terpstra. He yeah. was one of the first um, people who provided feedback on Better Touch Tool. I remember this in 2009 when I released the very first version of Better Touch Tool. He added some comments and said, awesome, awesome application. Keep going, keep going. And I think these early comments um, back then, they really motivated me to continue working on this on this application. For people who haven't tried it, the, the app has like a few different axes you can work around. Like we've been talking earlier in the show that you can automate keystrokes or trackpad or, or magic mouse. But the degree to which he goes at this is is crazy. Like you can have it like I have on my trackpad if I... Uh, hard press in the top left corner, it turns the screen dark. You know, it's just an easy way as I'm walking away to to lock the screen up. And there are a, a lot of different ways you can automate the trackpad. Like you could say, if I've got two fingers down and tap a third to the right, or if I draw a picture of a star on the trackpad. I mean, so what Andres has done is this kind of gone beyond what Apple would ever allow. You know, could you imagine someone in Apple saying, oh, yeah, we're going to allow you to draw a star in the trackpad and, and <laughs> trigger an automation, you know. That's just not going to happen. But, but it gives no, you the options. Not yeah, and, and you don't have to use all those things. You could just say, well, I just want the ability to double tap with two fingers and make something happen. Well, that's there. And then um, 
the uh, the magic mouse does the same thing. And the, the the cool thing, the point I was getting to earlier is you can program these per application. So like I when I'm in Obsidian, you know, a double tap with the trackpad does a different thing than it does when I'm in OmniFocus. So you can really, you know, customize the experience where you can make a lot of magic happen on your Mac. Um, depending on what app you're in and what you're doing with the trackpad or the mouse. There are people out there who have configured like 200 gestures inside of BetterTouch Tool. I would never be able to remember all of these, but some yeah. people, they just do. They they use it all the time. They use it for everything. I myself, yeah. I only use it for like 10 gestures and <laughs> 10 shortcuts or something, but that's not the point. So it's the user's choice what to do. And that was always my philosophy. So I want the users to be able to do what they want to do. Well, I mean, I would imagine for some people, it's like watching a conductor of a symphony using this application to just make their Mac do everything. Now, do you personally use uh, an Apple trackpad and mouse or what, what is your or a keyboard? What, what are your input devices? I guess I should have asked you that already. It's all Apple. So it's yeah. usually I use the magic trackpad. Currently, I use the magic mouse. Um, I kind of switch between them. So, yeah, Magic Mouse is maybe not the most um, ergonomic mouse um, available, but I still like it. I like the touch capabilities. I like to be able to click silently when using better touch tool. Yeah, it's, it, it's a nice mouse still. And maybe they will at some point release a new version, which is, yeah, I don't know, better. What's the feature of better touch tool that you use the most for yourself? Personally, the most used fe- most used feature is the clipboard manager. I know there are so many clipboard managers out okay. there. Basically, yeah, every app is that. using. Yeah. <laughs> every app has some clipboard manager integrated, but that one I created specifically for myself, um, and I'm also using it constantly. Like taking a screenshot, and then I have it in the clipboard manager. I can hit the edit button and edit the screenshot. And yeah, that's my most used feature. And then some gestures like a three-finger tab to open a link in a new tab. Or on the Magic Mouse, I use two-finger touch on top to move windows around. Uh, stuff like this. So Yeah. yeah. The window manipulation stuff and moving between spaces, I feel like Better Touch Tool is the best solution for that. And um, uh, But like you, I, I use some power features in it, but not... I'm not the biggest power user. I know there's people listening to this that have done way more, but like even just like in Safari, uh, moving between tabs, like you can come up with nice gestures and the software does it for you. And there's just a, a lot of really great, like uh, friction points on your Mac that a creative use of a trackpad or a mouse can really solve. And to answer the question, I, I do both. I have the trackpad on the left and the mouse on the right. And I find that I, so then I can kind of double fist better touch tool, right? I've got uh, automations custom to the trackpad on the left side, and that's a lot of navigation stuff. And then fine mouse work is done with the actual mouse. And I don't do as much better touch tool stuff on the magic mouse as I do on the trackpad. But but I also use some of the key sequences and, and other features that you have. Um, what are some of the, uh, the more power user features uh, stories you've heard as a developer over the years of people doing crazy stuff with your app. I often get presets sent from power users because some bug is happening or yeah, something is not working for them. And then looking at these presets, so in Better Touch Tool, you can have presets. These these are just 
um, sets of configurations that you have. Sure. And they con can contain any amount of actions and triggers. And people send me presets with like thousand triggers. And I, yeah, I, I, I told them I better touch tool was never made to handle this amount of triggers. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, it still works and they still use it. And uh, I think, for example, um, key sequences is a feature. Yeah. You can record any sequence of keys, like also modifier keys, like control option command. If you press command two times and option one time, um, then something should happen. And it's like cheat codes. Like if you remember back in the days um, yeah. with the Super Nintendo or PlayStation, you could press some some key combinations and it would do something. And some people use it really like this. They, they hit four times command, one time option, one time command, and something happens. It's it's kind of crazy. That actually gives me an idea. I'm going to rewrite my uh, <laughs> display sleep on a uh, on a command sequence because my fingers are already on the keyboard. Why not? You know. Yeah, yeah. Try that. And then there was the touch bar, which is now kind of not available anymore. Although Apple still sells this one That's MacBook true. with the touch bar. And yeah. <laughs> there were rumors that they would release it again this year. So let's see. And people really created crazy stuff for the touch bar. So it, it was like separate apps inside of Better Touch Tool. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen Golden Chaos for example, it was a, a preset for the touch bar, which completely replaced everything um, and made it really great. So it, it added so much functionality. And I never thought Better Touch Tool could do this. It was the users who did this. They created scripts inside of Better Touch Tool, which modified everything. And yeah, they created their own apps inside of Better Touch Tool. And I think this, this was, was a game changer when I added these scripting functionalities. Um, because they allow people to do what they, or not people, they allow really power users, really, really advanced power users to do what yeah. they want. And they then share their creations with other people. And that's why I think why the touch bar was so good for better touch tool because people shared their setups and yeah, other people liked it. They didn't like better touch tool specifically, but they liked what other people created with using better touch tool. I've talked on the show about this, but I feel like we're kind of in a golden age of Mac automation with the arrival of shortcuts because suddenly all of the big players, better touch tool, keyboard maestro, shortcuts, you know, um, Alfred to an extent, um, Hazel, all these applications, uh, a lot of them now integrate with each other. And one of the features you've, you've made really popular in better touch tool is to, to launch a shortcut. Like you can, use any of the triggers we've talked about through the show, triple tap on the thing and it, the shortcut will launch. And I find that it's really um, kind of a beautiful solution for people like automation because Apple gives you very limited ways to launch shortcuts. And now better touch tool allows you kind of the sky's the limit. And uh, uh, do you have any way of telling how many people are using those features? I would assume it's a lot. I, I don't have any analytics inside of Better Touch Tool. I thought about adding analytics, but I don't really have them. I, um, sure. But I, I, I know what people use because in the forum they are discussing it. And shortcuts is getting more popular, but it's slower than I would have thought. So initially when shortcuts came out, I thought it would replace everything immediately because it, yeah, it's Apple and it's um, a great team behind shortcuts and they... Did great work, but 
yeah, it just did not have the extent of functionality that tools like Better Touch Tool have. Um, and so it's a great combination. My feeling on shortcuts remains that it's really good for small automations. And just like you were saying, like when people put chain too many commands together in Better Touch Tool, the system kind of breaks down. I feel like shortcuts is also very susceptible to that. Like my best shortcuts and most stable ones are usually like no more than 20 actions, usually less than 10. And then you can just chain them together. But like Better Touch Tool gives you the ability to make that chain really easy to build because you can just run it uh, on any one of the many input triggers that you enable with your app. So it, it pairs really nicely with shortcuts, you know, and, it, and that's what definitely. I like. I mean, so now we can take the best of shortcuts with the best of keyboard master with the best of better touch tool. And, and once you kind of get a, a rudimentary understanding of how they talk to each other, the sky's the limit. Yeah, I totally agree. So it was all, always also my philosophy to use as most system tools as possible and not recreate everything from scratch. So I always told, pe told people to use Apple Script if there was a way to do something with Apple Script. Um, yeah. If there was a feature request that requested something specific, I told them, yeah, use Apple Script. And now I can tell them, yeah, use shortcuts. It's great at this. And it's not so great at other things, but it's great at many. And I, yeah. it kind of gave me a confidence, a boost in confidence when they released shortcuts because uh, at some point I was a bit depressed because there were so many bugs in Better Touch Tool. And I felt every time I fix one, there comes another. And yeah, then Shortcuts was released and it had also so many bugs. And I thought, okay, if Apple with this all of this money and this great team and, uh, I don't know, all these resources cannot make an app that is bug-free, then uh, it's okay if I also cannot do that. I, I was telling a, a listener in an email recently, because like the Disneyland, I'm really invested in Disneyland. My wife works there and we've been going for years. But when they opened it, they were so broke. They only had enough money to finish the drinking fountains or the bathrooms, like the plumbing. And they didn't have enough money to do both. So they decided to do the bathroom because, you know, obviously people have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> but, the, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I feel like the shortcuts kind of had like a Disneyland style berth on the Mac, on the Mac in particular. I think it was real rough sailing getting it started, yeah. but now it's kind of got a lot more stable and it, it's a lot more useful now. But you're right. I mean, there's still things that Apple Script will do that shortcuts probably will never do. And I think yeah. that's, again, nice. And when you combine it with you know tools like ChatGPT, where we can make, uh, make creating Apple Script a lot easier for people, then suddenly they've got another whole toolbox of tools they can bring into use. And guess what? You can run that script you generate in ChatGPT for Apple Script you can run it straight in better touch tool. So like, again, everything is just working together to give the enlightened users the most powerful automation story they've probably ever had on the Mac. Correct. And uh, currently I feel it's still power users who use shortcuts, but with this emer emergence of ChatGPT and things like this, and I think Apple is invested also big in AI they, with all their machine learning chips inside of the iPhone and the Macs. Yeah. I believe they have to release something soon and i believe with something like this it could be it could pave the way for normal standard users to create automations if you just tell your iphone hey please create an automation which every day at 10 o'clock um 
turns off all the lights and stuff like this. Uh, and it just creates a shortcut with all the actions added. Yeah, that would bring it to a much broader market. And I don't think we're going to get that immediately because of the way Apple is. You know, they're very privacy conscious. Yeah. They take their time with this stuff. But like what I would really like to see is them incorporate a large language model into uh, Xcode. So developers have an easier time generating code, but also a way to allow developers to incorporate large language models into their apps where users could also trigger something like a chat GPT search right within their app without having to hack around it. And um, uh, we'll see, you know, I mean, it, yeah. it's showing yeah. up in all sorts of places and, and, and honestly, it's already started. You know, I use craft to manage my team, which is about, you know, it's an online resource of, of project documents, but I can trigger a AI call in that app and it'll generate language for me. And, you know, it's like every time I open my, my Mac and check the news, there's another app that's incorporated AI into it in some method or, or another. So it's coming whether Apple does it or not, but I would love to see Apple kind of add some structure. And then when Apple brings it, then I would think it'd be more secure and it's something I could trust more. Yeah, I, I, I would say it will run on the iPhone itself, so it will not need a server connection. The whole model will be on the iPhone at some point. Yeah. May, not this year, maybe not next year. But the year after. Um, yeah. So I think it will completely run on the iPhone and then it will have no privacy issues. And I think that, again, will change everything on the iPhone. And let's see what, what else Apple has <laughs> for this year. If they release their augmented reality glasses. Yeah. It's very interesting times. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking, what would Andreas do if I had a pair of augmented reality glasses how would that become part of better touch tool i i, I <laughs> bet you have some ideas yeah i'm not going to hold you to it but i bet you get a couple ideas up your sleeve if you compare it to leap motion back then uh, you could use it to do some gestures in the air and, and i don't know how, how it will look like i've worked with various augmented reality classes uh, the best one i've used is the microsoft um no i forgot the name right now how's the microsoft thing called it was uh, anyways it's amazing and it lets you see the real world while you while you interact with the virtual world and yeah. i can imagine various things how to integrate better touch tool with that if apple allows i think thing is um, with their new devices they tend to lock them down even more so let's yeah. see let's see by all, if the rumors are correct, it's going to be expensive, and they're really going to have to get, do a good job sharing the story that makes us want to use it. I'm I'm on the fence yeah. right now. Some days I'm like, oh, I'm definitely getting one, and other days I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money. But the um, but you know, it all comes down to the story, and Apple's good at telling those stories, and and maybe they'll create something special. Uh, I my think you will get them, one. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're probably right. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, you have, have you been talking to my wife? I don't know, but the um, I, I do think that that the uh, for me, one of the limitations so far when I've tried them is I feel like the displays have not been really up to it, and uh, that's the I think going to be really important that if they do it, they get the display technology right. But we'll, we'll see. Yes, yes, I agree. So, a first version will. Probably not be that great, but it's always with Apple. The second version, the third version, they are then really good. Totally. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Indeed. Go to indeed.com slash MPU and join more than 3 million businesses worldwide 
using Indeed to hire great talent fast. When it comes to hiring, you need to trust your gut. But what if you could give your gut some help? When you want to find quality talent fast, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like matching assessments and virtual interviews. And if you hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Instant Match really is incredible. As soon as you sponsor a post, you'll get that short list of quality candidates and you can invite them to apply right away. Boom, it's hiring at warp speed. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your business, you need to make every dollar count. And that's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. So go ahead and visit Indeed.com slash MPU right now and start hiring. That is I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash MPU. Indeed.com slash MPU. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing is not available for everyone. Do you need a hire? You need Indeed. And our thanks to Indeed for sponsoring the Mac Power Users and all of Relay FM. All right, Andreas, you may not know this about me, but I have a problem with the Stream Deck. And uh, they, they're like triples. <laughs> they just keep multiplying. I've, I've now got two of the big ones. I've got the Stream Deck Plus with all the dials, and I've got the, the pedal. In fact, I've been muting my mic throughout the show today by tapping on that pedal. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know, a year or two, I guess it's within the last year. At some point, I think you sent me a note or I saw somewhere that, hey, Better Touch Tool is getting Stream Deck support. And uh, all of us that own Stream Decks kind of universally fear the the Elgato software. As much of a fan as I am of Elgato, I feel like the software is a little rough around the edges for the Stream Deck. And um, the mm. idea that you would be bringing your uh, your prowess to the Stream Deck is something a lot of us got really excited about really fast. How, how did you decide to turn Better Touch Tool into an interface for the Stream Deck? And how are you pulling that off? Oh, well, uh, it was actually not really my work. It was a hammer spoon. You probably know this episode, a power user app for macOS and open source one. And they have figured out how to talk directly to the Stream Deck. And their code is open source. And I was able to just use that in Better Touch Tool. Um, I wanted to add Stream Deck support for a long time. I think Brett... Tabstra at some point asked me to do it, and I told him, yes, I will add it. But this was years ago, and then, uh, yeah, things came up, and I never got to it. Yeah, but then, sure. like a year ago, I finally started working on it. And, yeah, with the help of the code of Hammerspoon, it was quite easy to do. I wish it was even better, and I'm currently working on it. I have some great things coming up for the Stream Deck. Yeah, currently what Better Touch Tool does is not that hard. And I also have some problems with the Stream Deck software. So if in, in, for the Stream Deck, you can use two different modes in Better Touch Tool. The one is the native mode where Better Touch Tool directly talks to the device. And the other mode is a plug-in mode where Better Touch Tool acts as a plug-in for the Stream Deck software. And yeah, the plug-in mode gives me some yeah trouble because the Elgato software is a bit limited in, in what it allows to do plug uh, allows plugins to do 
Um, I, it's only a very small change they would need to do. I hope I hope this eventually happens. Then better touch tool will also work great as a plug-in with the Stream Deck software. Um, for now, it works best if you use the native mode. If you do, because I've I've been playing with it. I've got a setup out of Better Touch Tool, and there there's a lot to it. I mean, this is a big move because you're literally taking over a third party hardware. And in my case, I've got to set it up for not just one device but four. <laughs> but the um, <laughs> by far, having used this now, the Better Touch Tool, the best way to do this is just have Better Touch Tool take over. Because what you've yeah, done yeah. is you've also tied in a bunch of the cool features you've built over the years in Better Touch Tool, like for you know the um, you know for the you know function key row that they have on the MacBook Pro, and you've you've been able to like leverage stuff you've made over the years and add some really nice widgets and controls to the Stream Deck that you frankly can't get with the Stream Deck software. Um, uh, I really I'm a real fan of what you've done with this thing. It's kind of awesome. But it's also interesting. That's very nice out- to hear. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see it because you this is evolving actively. Like the first time I tried it, there was some stuff missing. I wrote you, and like a couple months later, that stuff is all there now. It's like you've been evolving it way faster than the Elgato software. I mean, the Elgato, I think they're pretty happy with what they have. And and honestly, if you're working with the Elgato software and you're happy with it, it's it's okay. You know, you don't have to do this, but. If you really kind of want to go next level, um, there is some great stuff you're doing here. Yeah, and especially if you're already used to Better Touch Tool and how it works, then I think it's a great option. Uh, the new Elgato software is also, I, I like it, it's it's fine. Um, but if you have specific needs and want to change some more things, then the Better Touch Tool integration is pretty good. And yeah, Better Better Touch Tool is was still made mostly based on Objective-C and AppKit and all technologies. And this year I finally started to work with Swift and Swift UI. Um, and it makes it much easier for me to create um, custom use for the Stream Deck, for example. And this will be in one of the next versions where you have even more control about how everything looks like, um, how everything's laid out and so on. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still working on that, but it will change a few things your existing setup will continue to work fine, but um, there will be more possibilities. So yeah, let's see. One of the things I love is you've just made it really easy when you set it up in Better Touch Tool. Like a, a problem for the Stream Deck has always been the buttons. Like if you want to make nice looking buttons, you really need to get a separate third party app, a button creator it's called out of the app store. And then you can like access the SF symbols and you can put it on a color you want, then you've got to import that into the app. But you've set it up where you can actually make the SF symbol call right inside Better Touch Tool. So you just pick which symbol you want, you pick your background color and it just shows up. It, it seems like it's it's easier and more stable. The same thing with calling um, um, shortcuts. We were talking about shortcuts earlier. Uh, with, the, with the Stream Deck, you have to export Really, the best way to do it is to export out of shortcuts a shortcut to make it like an external application and then put it, you know, hide it in your folder and then have the um, Stream Deck call that application, which is very, you know, just tedious and silly. Where in your app, you just say, no, run the shortcut and it just runs a shortcut. It's like a lot of little things like that. Like one of the things you can do on it, and, you know, this is an audio podcast, so I can't really show you everything, but. 
like you can hold down a button and expose different buttons. Like if you have your music app, if you hold down the music app button, maybe you can have the play controls show up and you haven't entirely subsumed all of the stream deck um, calls and actions, at least as of at this point, you know, there's a couple things I'm able to do with the stream deck software. I can't do with better touch tool, but there's way more things I can do with better touch tool that I can't do with stream deck. And honestly, I'm a couple Apple scripts away from, from bringing full parity over. It's just, um, yeah, if you run into something you need, uh, please tell me, yeah. I'm always happy to add features to better touch tool. As you know, uh, <laughs> it, it is, it is crazy. And like, I guess, you know, it makes sense that a third party would make better software. I mean, like I know in the scanning realm, people buy third party software to run their scanning software because it's better than the, the stuff the manufacturers make. But I just honestly never saw this coming. But now that it's here, I can't imagine life without it. <laughs> I'm like, what else is Andreas going to write to to control? What's next? <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you have any ideas. <laughs> I just love that you were able to do this. I mean, this is, I, I know that you're, you, uh, you're giving credit to Hammerspoon. They came up with the open source kind of interface to allow you to do this. But the way in which you have done this feels to me like a culmination of all the UI and like interface skills you've built up over these 10 years. Like it, you had to go on that journey to be able to make this. And, uh, you know, I think you're downplaying it because I think this is really impressive and, Anybody who owns a Stream Deck, that's a whole separate reason to get better touch tool. Yeah, yeah. The UI part is actually almost always the most um, hard stuff to get right. And better touch tool yeah. doesn't, yeah. I, I'm honest, it doesn't have a really great UI, but it's really hard to create a good UI um, for such applications, especially if you are only one person and you don't have a whole design team and whole development yeah. team behind you. Um, and I'm quite happy with what I have now. Previously, uh, until tw 2018, the whole better touch tool UI was uh, contained in one file. The these files are called, uh, were called XIP files in Xcode. Um, yeah. And it was so bad. It was, uh, the code was really bad. And at some point, Xcode just couldn't open this file anymore. And then I had to say, okay, I will rewrite the whole UI and make it much more flexible. And yeah, this has really been good for better touch tool now it's very easy for me to add new features and add ui because it's all um defined in something like json um, and the ui is then just generated dynamically and it makes things much easier for me and yeah that's also why i can add some features very quickly so if there's a new device i can very quickly add some ui to it and make it available in better touch tool there's something i recently added which i call generic device support this is also a very power user feature. It allows you to write some JavaScript inside of Better Touch tool um, to make some old or some very specific devices work with your Mac. Um, and people have created scripts for like, I don't know if you remember this uh, Griffin PowerMate. This was a, a, a little knob you could uh, turn around and it could turn up your volume or turn it down and yeah, do other things. I remember that. It's just a and big knob. Yeah, you could turn it. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was just a big knob. And at some point, their yeah, software didn't work on, on Mac OS anymore because, I don't know, Apple changed some things. And now people have created a little JavaScript that's only like 10 lines of code and put it in better touch tool. And now they can use their old device anymore, which they were about to throw away. And 
yeah, I can use the whole better touch tool interface to configure it. And people have also created really impressive scripts for, for the generic device support. It's very early stage right now. But for example, Microsoft has a controller, which is for people with disabilities. I think it's called adaptive controller and it allows to combine all sorts of different buttons and, and, and things. And some people have written a script for better touch tool, which allows users to use that adaptive controller, adaptive Xbox controller inside of better touch tool. And yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, what people do. And I always offer the tools to do something, but then some people go and, and really do something with it. That's really nice. I feel like um, one of the reasons why I'm such a fan of what you've done is you are super generous with your software. I mean, you could have made the Stream Deck software a separate application and a separate purchase, but you just keep adding this stuff to Better Touch Tool, and it just becomes such this powerhouse utility. I, I really do encourage people to go support Andreas and try this app because if you're listening to Mac Power users, you're going to find some... I mean, it's just a big bucket of candy and you're going to find some flavor you like in there because it does so many different things. And um, and it's just really, uh, it, there is a certain generosity there where I feel like some people would have broken your this one app into three or four different apps because it does so many different things. And you never did that. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, also partly because I'm too lazy to split it up into many apps. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, your okay. app is always a lot of work, and if you have everything into in one app, it's much easier to handle. I have this better snap tool, and which is kind of a spin-off and keyboard clean tool. I don't know if you have <laughs> if you have ever used keyboard clean tool, um, things like that. I've been spun off a better touch tool, but in general, I keep everything inside. And I, I mean, better touch tool was free until 2016, from 2009 to. 2016 and then I made it paid and this was really best decision ever because it allowed me to go independent and continue the development. I think if I hadn't made it paid, it would not exist anymore today. Sure. I mean, I mean, and this is, I always hold you up as one of the poster children of paid apps where like we had an app that you were making for free, but then once you started selling it, you didn't just like collect the checks. You actually put a ton of effort into making it better. And this app really is remarkable in that like, there's just always something new. Like there's no way better touch tool would have shown up if you were doing this while you had a day job. Like that, this is a lot of work. Exactly. I, I mean, I had a day job from 2013 to 2018, but um, during university, I had so much time as a student. It was the best time to get started with an app like this. Yeah. I think today with uh, two kids and um, yeah, lots of responsibilities you have, it would be much harder to get started. But yeah, you need time for for these kind of things. It's it looks easy, maybe not. Yeah, maybe it doesn't look easy, but <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it, <laughs> but but it's a lot of work um, to create such stuff. But also a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah, and the. One part that has kind of underlied this whole interview is the value of your community. There is, There are a lot of really generous people out there, power users using the app to do really cool stuff. And I should shout out to them because you've got this really great community, not only giving you ideas, but sharing ideas with others. Exactly. So thank you very much, community. Uh, without the community, a better touch tool 
would never have existed even very at the very beginning. The community was crucial to Better Touch Tools' success. So yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, and that that's all you can find over at at uh, Andres' site, folivora. Dot AI. I always, <laughs> I always have to like look it up, uh, but F O L I V O R A dot AI, or just search Better Touch Tool and you'll find it. But the community's link yeah, right there on the page. And, and I guess you realized pretty early on that the community was a part of the journey for you. Definitely, yes. Uh, I mean, the feature requests alone are really great because I, I wouldn't, would never come up with all this stuff on my own. But if you have thousands of users and they all come up with a little thing and I just have to code it, then yeah, it's a great value. Community is really, yeah, very, very, very helpful. For, for example, the UI, um, I, I, at one, one point in time, I posted to the community forum that Better Touch Tool needs a new UI. And I created a thread, which I called new UI. And then I posted some very basic example screenshots of how I think it should look like. And then people came and told me, no, do, don't do it like this. It looks it looks so bad. <laughs> I said, okay, uh, I agree. Um, can you provide something better? And then people really created very good uh, layouts for Better Touch Tool, which I could not um, completely uh, build myself due to some technical limitations and so on. But still, users created much of the Better Touch Tool interface. And yeah. I'm just the coder behind it. Yeah, but you're also very um, open about what you're doing and working. Like even today, you kind of talked about a new feature. Most people I interview that own an app would never do that, you know. And um, you do that in your blog post on the website. I didn't even realize because we talked about Chat GPT earlier, but you've got a whole blog series started now on using Better Touch Tool with Chat GPT, including putting it in your menu bar with Better Touch Tool. So I am, um, I'm not surprised at all that. You, you're on top of this. You, you're already writing it into your app to a certain extent. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Electric. Go to electric.ai slash MPU and unbury yourself from IT tasks and get a free pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones when you schedule a qualifying meeting. When leading your small business, it's not all glamour. In fact, sometimes it's a matter of spending hours onboarding an employee which you're well-equipped to deal with, but you maybe don't have the time. The team over at Electric knows small businesses, maybe like yours, face these challenges. That's why they're on hand to help with the time-consuming parts of your businesses, like standardized device security with best-in-class device management software, so you can implement the best practices across the board and be ready to scale. Employee onboarding and offboarding done for you, saving you an average of eight hours per request, keeping a single point of visibility into your IT environment to control your devices, networks, and applications. There's simplified reporting that allows you to achieve and maintain compliance and proactive IT recommendations and automated workflows to make IT easy to manage for even non-technical users. And look, if you're hearing this and you think your company could use some of the above services but you're not sure where to start, Electric's experts will guide you through the process of establishing standardized IT processes for your organizations. You're listening to the Mac Power Users, and there's a good chance you're able to do some of these things. But you need to learn to delegate. If you're building your business, you're not there to be an IT pro. You're there to build your business. 
So many times in my career, I was set back because I tried to do all of this stuff myself. I wish I had electric at that time. For Mac Power Users listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash MPU. That's electric.ai slash MPU. Go there now to get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a meeting. And our thanks to Electric for their support of the Mac Power Users. All right, we've been talking a lot about Better Touch Tool today, and I'm a big fan. Gang, once again, my call to action, go check it out if you don't already have it. He's giving you a great discount so you can get it today. Um, But I also like to talk to guests about some of their favorite apps and little services they use that make a difference for them. Andres, is there anything special that that helps you get through the day easier? I um, would like to mention some developer tools which really might make my life easier, but they could also be helpful for some power users. Okay. One app is called FS Monitor. It allows you to see um, changes on your file system um, immediately. So, for example, if you um, change a setting in system settings uh, on macOS, you usually don't know where the setting is saved. Um, But power users might want to know because they might want to change it using some script or some, I don't know. Um, And with FS Monitor, you can see, once you click the checkbox, you can see which file changes. And this is really helpful. There are also command line utilities that can do this, but FS Monitor gives you a really nice UI and makes it really easy to find stuff. And this has helped me a lot during the development of Better Touch Tool. Yeah, this is great. It's like very visual. I wasn't aware of this app. I'm looking at the website now. It's only 19 bucks, and it literally shows you which files it's turning off and on in the system preferences as you throw switches. I've never seen this. I, I don't know how I didn't know about this app. Yeah, so it's it's very helpful in many use cases. I would recommend to try it out. All right. Well, I'm buying this one. Okay, so you've called me 19 <laughs> bucks so far, Andreas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, then the next tools are maybe not um, that interesting for standard users, but I I imagine some developers are also listening to this podcast. So I'm a big fan of of ProxyMan, um, which is a tool that allows you to capture traffic or HTTP requests that happen on your Mac or on your iPhone. So, for example, if you want to see what requests Apple Maps is doing while you browse it, you can just um, start ProxyMan enable SSL proxying because usually the traffic is encrypted using SSL. But with this, you can still see the the traffic and then you can debug it. And it's very helpful to see the inside of some applications. And you can also see what do the applications send out from your Mac um, or what do they retrieve from somewhere else. And for developing stuff, this is very helpful. There's another tool called Charles, which basically does the same, but it's a Java application, which... Yeah, it's a bit, the UI is not as nice as ProxyMan. And I think ProxyMan was also created by some indie dev, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, that's a really nice application. Yeah, I always want to support those indies when you can. Yeah, definitely. Then I always like to use Hopper. This is a disassembler. If you ever want to look into the internals of macOS, um, which you probably will never do as a standard user and even as a power user, you most likely won't. But if you need to for some reason, then Hopper is a great solution because you don't need a lot of knowledge about a sampler and so on. You can just open it up, um, load some 
some binaries into it and see what they are made of, basically. For developers, I think this could, can be great. For standard users, not so much. Yeah, but we and also we have unexpectedly today taken a lot of gone down the rabbit hole chat GPT and, and large language models several times. But I never asked you what what is your weapon of choice for that and how are you interfacing with it? Um, there's this open source UI for ChatGPT. Uh, it's called Chatbot UI. Um, this is an open source um, UI for for ChatGPT which allows you to select the model you want to use, um, like GPT-4, GPT-3.5, or whatever else. And it offers a much nicer user experience than the original um, ChatGPT interface has. And I like to use that. Also, of course, I, I like to use the Better Touch Tool Action, which is now integrated in the latest alpha versions of Better Touch Tool, which lets you use ChatGPT anywhere in macOS by just selecting some text and hitting uh, running the action. But this chatbot UI is is great. I would recommend that. Now you do. Uh, you just mentioned the chat, uh, the Better Touch Tool Alpha. Uh, you're very public with the stuff you're working on, so people want to kind of get in early on new features. How do they do that? In in the settings of Better Touch Tool, you can uh, choose to be on the alpha channel, and then you will get updates more frequently. And yeah, I would only recommend that if you really want to be at the cutting edge, because there are also often bugs in these alpha versions. Um, I'm still happy if, for all users who use the alpha version because it really helps a lot to get early feedback on features and also to catch bugs. Um, but I would not recommend it to, um, yeah, for, for daily usage. Well, I will say that I'm on the alpha channel and uh, I do experience bugs, but they're usually just around new features. I've never had the... Uh, being in the alpha stopped me from using features that were already working. I mean, maybe that's good to hear. Yeah, maybe people have experienced that, but it's been generally like, oh, I see bugs. Like with the better touch tool stuff, as you were kind of getting it rolling, there were some bugs, but those would get removed. But that was a new feature. It wasn't like the old triple tap on the trackpad ever stopped working. So either way, uh, Andreas, I'm I'm so glad, gang. I want to share with you. This is Andreas's first interview ever on a podcast he agreed to do it for mac power users uh i've i've bugged him over the years he did this a couple times and he didn't you know he's a little reluctant you know i'm sure if i spoke a, if someone asked me to guest on a german podcast i'd be pretty nervous too but i just want to say what a pro you are and i just want to thank you on behalf of the community for making this great little automation tool that brings joy and delight to us nerds i i really love your app andreas thank you very much it was awesome being here um, yeah, it was, as you mentioned, it was the very first time I did any public talking about Better Touch Tool. Um, I don't really like talking English and stuff like this. It's yeah, yeah. But I think it was nice, uh, nice talking to you. It was nice talking about Better Touch Tool, and yeah, thank you very much for this opportunity. You're you're great at this. Now, if people want to learn more, where do they go? Um, best go to community.folivora.ai. There is this whole community of people um, who talk about Better Touch Tool, who share their creations, and yeah, it's, it's the best place to learn more. There is also the official documentation, but I would say that's often outdated. It's it, it covers the basics, so you get um, your setup running. But for more detailed things, go to the forum, ask questions. There are many people who will answer them. Usually, I also 
answer, um, but sometimes I don't have time, then other users will reply to the to the question. So that's the best place, I think. Yeah, it, it really has a very active and smart community around it. So there's tons to learn there. And, you know, it, it's just one of the best and most fun ways to automate your Mac when you have your secret codes, you tap something out on your mouse and suddenly stuff happens. I mean, that's awesome. So either way, go check it out. I want to thank our sponsors today, Text Expander, 1Password, Indeed, and Electric. We are the Mac Power Users. You can find us at relay.fm slash MPU. Steven will be back next week, so we'll be back to normal. Uh, but thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.